We're glad you joined us today. We know the road may feel isolating, but we are here to go along this journey with you and love the call to action. Rock Up Buttercup is a podcast hosted by Deployed Love. We're going to join together and chat about all things military life. So you know the drill. Rock Up Buttercup! Hey everybody, welcome back. We are here with a second episode for this month. We're going to have three, which is really exciting. And we have another guest with us. Today we're going to be kind of talking about PTSD and that's because this month is also PTSD Awareness Month. So we wanted to make sure that people have resources when that topic comes up in your family. And we just wanted to have a nice discussion about that. So I'm here with Ashley. Hi, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're really excited today. We have a co-founder with Homefront Heroes Ministry. She's a fellow military spouse, a mom of four. We have Kaylee Reynolds. Welcome, Kaylee. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you ladies. And I'm excited for tonight just to jump into this topic that is discussed a lot amongst the soldiers. But sometimes I feel like um, there's a gap in communication between the soldiers, their units, and their families, and that's no one's fault. It's just, it's something that we need to talk about, that it's not just the soldier that's involved, it's the entire family unit. So we just wanted to speak into that a little bit tonight and help equip you in that. So I'm excited to be here and to get to collaborate with these ladies to do just that. That's so exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about Homefront Heroes? Yes. So we are an organization just for the military wife and of course her family. We believe that if you can reach the wife, uh, you can reach the entire family by doing just that. And um, we just want to give military wives hope on their home front. And we have a Facebook page, we have Instagram, we have a website with a blog, and we just want to also develop her spiritually. So we have a podcast called Hope on the Homefront, that we just take our girl a little bit deeper spiritually and help equip her in this life and how to best serve God and her husband and her entire family. That's awesome. We love that so much. Um, We're really glad that we're going to work with you. And I know that we've been posted. We always share your stuff to our group. So people who are following us have probably seen and heard of you guys. Um, So (laughs) The biggest part about PTSD kind of starts at reintegration. And so reintegration gets kind of discussed if you're part of the um, FRGs and you kind of hear about how that's going to that process goes. Um, But if you don't get involved with that, um, reintegration can be a very difficult process if you haven't been prepared. So do you have any advice for just kind of how to be prepared for reintegrating after a long deployment? Yes. Uh, Actually, my husband and I, we have endured five deployments slash rotations through our marriage. And the biggest thing that I always tell people is that every single time it's going to look different. So basically every expectation, it's, it's kind of similar to them leaving, like all these military things that you endure, take all expectations and go ahead and just throw them out the window because that's just how it is. Um, But just because it's different every time doesn't mean that it's bad. Um, I know for me as a military wife through the years, there's been reintegration when it was our first um, reintegration after a long deployment ever. Like I had never been away from him that long and it was very long and it was a little bit 
I mean, we were young, we didn't have children in the mix. So Mm -hmm. we had a ton of fun and it was amazing. And we got to do all these, you know, romantic things. And, and then we had children and then he came home right after, like he had, or I had our son and he left for deployment three weeks after he was born. And that was honestly traumatizing just because you're fresh postpartum. You can't connect in the way that you want to with your spouse before they leave, which is really hard. And it's not talked about a lot because it is, uh, it's a rough subject, but I want to share about it because it's very real. And it's something that a lot of us experience in the military world. And it was so, I felt insecure. I felt like my body was different and now he's coming home. And what is that even going to look like? And is he even going to be interested in all these things, all this fear and anxiety just comes over you. And that's not true, but I felt like I was a little bit standoffish when he first came back. And, but, and I didn't communicate that at first, like what I was feeling and my insecurities. But then once we had a conversation, he realized like what I was processing through in my mind And everything got better once I just spoke it out loud. So that's another huge thing in military marriage as a whole, but definitely coming up on a reintegration, the end of that deployment, really communicating, communicating your expectations, asking him his expectations, even asking him like what he wants to do those first couple of weeks, because if you have all these things planned every single day, all day long, that can be very overwhelming to your husband after coming back from a combat zone. So just really, really openly communicate. And the more you communicate in an effective way and in a nice way, like be, be nice to each other, <laughs> um, the better the reintegration will go for sure. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's totally different depending on whether you have kids or not, because I can remember our first tour was also, we were really young and it was a full year and it was, you grow, you change. And so much has changed in my life in a year. I mean, when you're 19, 20 years old, so much changes. And so you have to come back and it's like, you do, you get to go on like fresh new dates. It's like dating a whole new person. And I loved it. And then, but having kids is a whole other thing because you get into this routine with your kids and having to change it to get back to what used to be for your family is so hard. It's hard on them. It's hard on you. And it's definitely hard on the spouse who wasn't there because they're the ones that are coming in and they, you know, doing punishing that way. It wasn't the same. And it's hard on them to see their kids be upset about things like that when they just missed them all this time. And they're really excited to have them back, but they have to also step into being a parent again, which is really hard after not being a parent for, you know, months and months on end. Absolutely. And with kids, um, it's good to communicate with them too, because I know for myself, like I am ready to have my husband all hands on deck. I am ready for him to co-parent like nobody's business because we've been doing it alone, ladies, and we want them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that alone can be overwhelming for them. And they are used to being mission focused. They're used to being military and doing the same exact things each and every day. And then you throw in crazy, excited kids and it can definitely take them back. So um, definitely communicating that. And then like when you're feeling those things, 
when they are even home, like when they are actually home and you start feeling maybe some resentment toward them, like, you know what, like I've worked my butt off, excuse my language, but I've, I've worked hard the last however long and he's not even doing this, 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 but that's where resentment builds into your marriages and you don't want that. So it's best to communicate that in a good way to them and just say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I re I'm really feeling this way. I know that that's probably not truth, but that's how I'm feeling. So can we like talk through that and just try to get through that together? And then that's when you can be effective communicators and you can get through that process much easier. Yeah. I think that's been one of the biggest things that I have picked up over the last 12 years as being a military spouse is, you know, things that like are upsetting me. He's he's probably not even picking up on, um, you know, I might want him to help me with this and he just doesn't know because I didn't ask. And, um, you have, you do have to just communicate that. And, you know, sometimes they are tired, you're tired too, but you know, you just have to go with the flow and be open and honest with each other. Absolutely. And then when you don't talk about those things, then resentment builds and builds and builds, and then you blow up. And before you know it, you're arguing this honeymoon phase that you dreamed of is the exact opposite of that. And then you're just not being productive. So <laughs> yeah, I, I see, yeah, I see all the time people posting about like how it's not that like honeymoon phase, like they thought they were going to be all lovey-dovey and they're going to be happy and everything was going to go back to normal and be perfect. And they're just worried that they're really, their marriage is over. And you kind of just have to remember it's, you have to take baby steps to get back into the groove. You know, you both are learning each other. Cause like Sabrina was saying, when you change over the year, you know, you didn't stop your life just because your spouse left to go on a deployment. You have to keep living. So you might've learned something new. Like I, I became a plant mom when my husband left for the, this past year on the rapid deployment and he came home and I have like 30 plants and he's just like, what has happened to you? And so he has to learn that I kind of like, became this different person because I used to be known as the plant killer. So um, he was like, this is not you. Who are you? So that's you, awesome. you, you, you change. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. And they change too. I mean, you think about the, the things they see and the things they do there. And that's where we come up with the PTSD is that they see things and they may never tell you really what happened and what's going on. So they're, they're going to come home different people. And that's why we want to kind of talk about that is that, um, like things to look for, to know if they may be suffering from something that it may not even be that you're not communicating, but there's just things going on in their head, um, which is where PTSD is such a big issue because you may not know, see it for what it is. So do, um, do you have like symptoms that maybe we can look for in that when they come home? Absolutely. So some symptoms, symptoms can be flashbacks, nightmares, severe anxiety, and uncontrollable thoughts about the event where to us as the spouse that was left behind can definitely look like they're not present, um, that they are just kind of there, but not really there at all. And which when you think about these symptoms, that makes total sense because they are somewhere else in their minds and they are processing and replaying over and over again the events that they have experienced and maybe even not with the right tools of processing to get through these major traumatic events and it can seem 
like they are concerned about you, like they're being selfish, like they are just kind of flat, I guess is the word that I think of, but that's not what, that's not the case because clearly they are dealing with a lot in their own minds. And, um, it's hard to set back and really think that through before, again, that resentment can build as a spouse on the other end of it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of um, active military comes back with PTSD, even just small versions of it, and don't even realize they do. I know for my husband, the one instance that I can remember is when we he came back from his first tour. And obviously, they there was much worse back in 2009. Things were going on and were a lot worse. But he thought he was fine. And it was close to the 4th of July and we were driving along and a firework went off near the car. And I just, the reaction from him was like, oh my God, like he had no idea that he was worried about something like that. And then his whole body just like shut down. He was like, I can't do it. I gotta, we gotta stop. We gotta pull over. So it's, it's kind of scary and they might not even be aware. (laughs) Like they may have those experiences and think that they're fine, but they may not even be aware of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know my husband has PTSD. Um, his isn't manifested all, all the time. Um, it usually, um, is triggered more during certain times of the year when incidents happened. Um, he also doesn't do fireworks very well. Um, he can go watch fireworks if he's prepared for it. And we're actually watching a show, but they're random, like one-offs, things like that. He definitely, um, can sometimes, you know, sweat, things like that. He, it's not as bad. Um, his, his previous deployments were back in like 08 and 09 as well. So, um, but you know, the first couple of years he was home, um, nightmares, um, he would have, like, we couldn't, I remember when he first got back and when we went to get married, we got married after his second tour and we got married at the beach and they happened to have fireworks down there. And I just, he just was just like, I can't do this. And we had to go back inside and, just we called it called it for the evening and just sat there and watched movies because it was just too much for him at that time um but it gets better because like over the years he's been able to process it a little bit more um but that there's still certain that beginning of the year around february march time frame um he always has nightmares um he doesn't realize he has it has them but like i know i know that when it gets to this time of year he's probably having a nightmare or two for this period of week during that time frame when most of the incidents happened when he was on his deployment. Yes. And uh, in my own personal experience with my, he experienced first combat deployment, 07, 08 in Iraq. And he is still, well, he is just now receiving therapy for a lot of that because when he got back then, he, he was just, doing his job. He was just moving forward to the next thing. His mind was filled with military and he knew, I think he was just, he knew in his mind that he, he just had to keep going. He had to be right. He, he didn't really have time to sit down and process it. So even all these years later, n- right now, he's just now processing it in a way that's healthy and in a way that is healing. But I do want to let all of you know that when that time comes, when they're ready to get help or, uh, or get counseling or whatever that looks like for you and your spouse, it is hard because all of that stuff resurfaces because they have to talk about it and then they have to talk about it again. It's a certain therapy that they go through and it, it can bring about a lot of 
concerns and issues that maybe you experienced a little bit of in the midst of those times, but you, they can really exacerbate again, even years later, you can think, you know what, I think he's good. I think he's past that. Um, but like you said too, it's, it can come out of nowhere or it seems to us that it's out of nowhere, but there is some time frame or reasoning behind it for them. And the best thing we can do is just try to, again, communicate with them and really just be understanding, be empathetic. We can't be sympathetic because we were not there. We do not understand. Some of us, there are some of us spouses that are dual military and, you know, you have that understanding from each other. But my husband and I, several years back, we finally came to this agreement that we are not ever going to understand each other's struggle, but we understand the struggle. Like, I can't ever understand what he endured and he can't ever understand what I endured through the deployments. But all we know is that each other's <laughs> circumstances were hard. And then we acknowledge each other's hard and then we push forward because if you try to compare that will only bring division in your marriage. You cannot try to compare and say, well, I, I did this or I did that, or my day was this, this, this. You can't do that because um, that will never be effective for your marriage and you can't really heal from that. No, I agree. And any sort of competition in that sense is irrational. I mean, the things you go through are so completely different. There's nothing that even begins to compare on the daily front. And it's equally hard. It's equally hard. You're separated and you're going through life dealing with things. Um, yeah. So we try not to compare either. It's, it's yeah. Too hard. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think like you hit on the not, like not comparing, but also like being understanding. Um, I, you know, I remember when he first came back from his, his deployments, um, back in the early two thousands. And I was, I would always get angry because I was like, you never want to go to concerts. You don't want to go, go to like the fair or anything like that. And then like, I slowly started to realize like it, it wasn't that he didn't want to, he just, he just stressed, it stressed him out to be in a crowded place. Like, you know, even if we go to a theme park nowadays, like he still like gets overwhelmed and yeah, like, it's that's super just, irritable. That's like, one of his oh major triggers too. He yeah. hates being around and crowds it, of people. And I get it. And I have to remind myself that like, I, I can't be too upset with him with this. Like, you know, you would hope that, you know, both parties are obviously like making like a conscious effort to do something that each person likes to do. Like, you know, we have kids now, so I'm like, we're not just not going to go do things because you don't want to, because it could potentially trigger you. Like, I, I get that that could trigger you. And sometimes each party has to make sacrifices, but you know, we keep saying we're going to go to Disney and I'm like, just, just stay home. Like that's, I know that's going to be too much for you. So, you know, sometimes you have to do things on your own just to make sure that your spouse is okay. Well, and I was going to say definitely like the little things that you can do to help them along in the process of healing and just uh, knowing their triggers is very beneficial to them. I know still to this day, like I know to sit in the booth that is not facing out because that is just a thing. It has been a thing since the day we started dating. And I don't question it. I just, I just sit on my little side and he sits on his little side and everyone's at peace 
and it's all okay. And so just little tiny sacrifices like that. And to some that's like, well, that's kind of silly, but it puts him at ease. And <laughs> I not put him at ease when I can help do that for him. You know, like I can, I can control that. And that's something that I can help him with. Another thing is driving and traffic. That is a major trigger for my husband still. And if we are going to be like in bad weather driving, or if it is like horrible traffic, if we're going on vacation or something, and we know in that area, there's going to be a lot of traffic. I offer to drive Mm -hmm. and there's times when he says no. And I'm like, Oh Lord, keep us safe. (laughs) Um, But there's times that he's like, yes. And um, so then I drive and, you know, so just little things like that, that you can do to help support your spouse in that. Yeah. And PTSD isn't just, doesn't just affect your spouse. It affects how you have a relationship with your spouse. That's really what it comes down to is it doesn't really affect you. I mean, you weren't there, but it does affect how you have to interact with your husband, how you have to think about things that are going forward. Like we were talking about crowds and I mean, it's not that big of a deal. If he really doesn't want to do something that you really do, then if you're both comfortable with it, go do it yourself. It's okay to be independent and do things that makes everybody comfortable. And that's just kind of the ways that it, it affects spouses as well. Um, you have to kind of think about that, that he may come back and you are going to have to adjust things in your life to make it comfortable for everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, with our kiddos, my husband, I mean, we both discipline our kids. Um, and you know, as a spouse and they're gone, you are the sole discipline, disciplinarian, whatever the word is. <laughs> and, um, but then when they get back, like, uh, in our, at least in our house, uh, we share that role and sometimes be hard for them. Like we talked about before, and there might be times when they want to discipline and they are going to discipline, but then sometimes it's okay for you to step in and be like, it's Okay. I'll handle this. You, you know, please remove yourself or, or whatever you have to say in a calm way uh, to not get them even more upset. Um, that's okay to do too. And that's another thing we talked about too, just about that communication. That's another good thing to communicate beforehand. Like, well, how are we going to handle discipline? How are we going to handle the kids at first? Because kids are overwhelming. Like I have four children. I love them with all my heart. And even on their best days, they're just overwhelming. They're excited. They're happy. The next minute they're crying and they're sad. Like they're just overwhelming little people. And if they're overwhelming to me on the daily, then of course they're going to be overwhelming to your husband coming back after not being around them every day for nine months, even on a rotation, a non-combat rotation, it's not in their daily routine. It's not something they've been experiencing. So Definitely just giving them a little bit of time, giving them like your expectations around it, their expectations, and then letting that bend because again, expectations can most of the time go out of the window. <laughs> yeah. And then encouraging them if it does seem like it's very severe. I know that a lot of it can be worked out in themselves and just kind of working through the issues, but there are cases where it is so much more significant for them to like reach out to somebody and at least make sure that it's aware of I'm even just letting someone in their command know that they're struggling from it. Um, because as VA, I'm just thinking about getting veterans afterwards benefits and stuff. If you haven't talked about it while you were active duty, that's also going to be an issue. So 
making sure while you're still active duty to reach out and get help because it's there, it's easy to find. And I'm sure you have some really good resources for us that we could talk about. Yes. And I will say if, if you are realizing that your husband is experiencing some of these problems, there is a stigma that soldiers experience that, or that they're, I don't know what it is, but they feel like that they're going to be less than or something. If they um, say these things out loud, if they report it to someone, but we have gotten away from that in a big sense, like um, we have, we have done so much better in our military about acknowledging those things and getting these soldiers the help that they need. So just reassure them in that, that that is not the case uh, these days, at least not in my own experience. I I hope that if that has been a different experience for some of you listeners, that you please let us know and we can try to get you some different resources, but definitely communicate that and talk to your husband about that. Uh, Talk to your spouse, because I, I feel like we have done so much better as a whole over that stigma that a lot of our husbands experienced um, back in the day. But I did want to let you know about a resource called the Warriors Journey, and they are a organization that uh, for the soldiers and veterans that get them resources for the specific problems or concerns that they are having. And it's a free online resource. They help you um, just they partner with tons, tons of active duty and veteran resources for our husbands. And it's not just like, don't, don't think it's like, Oh, boring, sit down with the counselor. This is going to be so horrible. There's resources out there that they partner with that get these guys free hunts, free fishing, uh, you know, tournaments or whatever. They go take them out. They get them in a comfortable environment uh, that they love And they talk about the the conversations come up and it's healing to them. And then they build a network with these guys and uh, they get to uh, talk to people that have experienced a lot of the same things. And that brings about healing alone, just talking about it with people that have experienced similar things. So definitely recommend them um, the warrior's journey and we, I can get that link to you all. And then um, also your husband's chaplain and MFLAC, it's a counselor in the military uh, and both of those, an MFLAC and chaplain, do not report. They have um, confidentiality and they maintain privacy. Of course, they have to report it if the soldier member is you know, threatening to hurt himself or someone else. They do have to report that. But in any other case, it is strictly privacy and counseling that you can uh, seek out from them. And also they have resources um, that you can go to uh, to get more help. So definitely recommend those. And um, if any of you listeners have some other great resources, please let us know. Uh, The more, the better for sure. Absolutely. And there's even different resources for veterans because as most people know, my husband's not active duty anymore. So um, he has a whole list of veterans resources and you can find that by talking to um, like the veterans hospitals, but there's also like, I know locally here, we have what's called the Cohen clinic. We talked about it in the last episode, um, but that's all free counseling to anybody that's pretty much military associated. Um, There's lots of cool things. And like you were saying, there's even like, you can go horseback riding for veterans, you know, and stuff like that that gets their mind off of it. 
or possibly like exposes, re-exposes them to some of the trauma that they went through in order to help them deal with it better in a second round. Absolutely. Um, so there's so many cool things. Yeah. And I think it's also important to encourage your spouse to find an activity that helps center them. Um, you know, whether that is, you know, working out, um, running, um, my husband has really, um, become active in hunting. So he, you know, goes out and just spends an entire day in the woods and it just is a great way for him to reset after a long week at work. Cause we know, even if they're home, their work schedule is chaotic. Um, it depended on, you know, the rank and things like that, you know, their responsibilities like that, that alone, just the stress can be a trigger. So encourage, encourage them to find something that helps reset them and recenter and, um, able to decompress in a positive way rather than keeping it pent up and built up and potentially exploding because they just can't handle it anymore. Especially if they can include their hobby with other soldiers or other people that have been through something like that, that they can have that chance to talk. Um, if you choose not to find professional help in order to do that, it's great to have other people that can understand what you're going through. Absolutely. I agree. My husband, he's very outdoorsy as well. He loves hunting. He loves fishing. He also loves taking our kids along, but then he also loves going by himself. And uh, I think it's good to do a variety. Even he loves taking uh, guys out and letting them get the experience. And another thing that he just started really doing lately, which I am loving it, he has been uh, gardening and he just loves it. He loves taking care of our flowers, our garden. He even uh, planted some vegetables this year and he absolutely loves it. So definitely just definitely encourage those things. And if your husband doesn't really have something that is something that he loves, that is good for him because there's a lot of hobbies that can bring about more problems and more mental illness. And, um, I don't want to get into all that. I know, I'm sure most of you know those things, but there is good ways for them to cope and good way to uh, have healing around. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we really kind of hit the nail on the head with uh, all the, the things we've discussed. And it was really nice to hear that. I mean, even just now hearing you guys' stories and just feeling a little bit more connection and knowing that we're all kind of going through it, like you continue to go through it and you never know what each deployment's going to bring. My husband's on a deployment, so you never know. He could come home and have seen other things. So it's always something to look forward to. It's always reintegration can be really, really fun though. And it doesn't always mean that you're going to come up with trauma and it may come back and just be on date night for the rest of the week. So <laughs> I know that we really look exactly. forward to that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I definitely think that you have to roll with the punches. You, everyone, every single deployment is different. Every, you know, long training exercise, every, even week, a week filled training exercise is different. And so you just have to have an open communication with your spouse and be open and honest and express your feelings, but also be able to take what they're saying with a grain of salt and um, work together to come up with a plan and just be an encouraging spouse. It's the best thing you can do. Yes, for sure. And, and the best, the best encouragement I could give all of you out of all this, because there's some things that we can say and we can do and we can try to help, but that's never going to be good enough. 
the very best thing that you can do for your husbands is pray for them, pray faithfully for them. If there's something specific that you're struggling with, that you are just like, this is a nutshell that I cannot crack. I have tried everything in my own power. Pray for them because I promise y'all prayer changes things in yourself and in your military marriage. So definitely want to encourage that as well. I agree. Well, I think that's a great place to leave off on. And we really, we really loved having you on here and um, look forward to possibly having you back on again sometime or joining you on your podcast sometime to just kind of get to know your, your listeners as well. So yes, that would be awesome. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed having um, Kaylee here from Homefront Heroes Ministries and have gotten some information from this podcast that may help you with your relationship and with your life going forward. So thank you for joining us and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye everybody.